This is the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast, because marriage without maintenance will break. I am your happily married host, Jason Parham. Together, we're learning how to make marriage and love better. Today, we're going to look at one word, R-E-S-B-E-C-T, seven ways to spell respect in your marriage. For notes and references, visit fixerupermarriage.org slash respect. It's Friday, December 1st, 1978. I'm three years old and I'm looking out the side door of our house and into, a, into our massive garage. My dad and mom, they're pulling up in a red Pontiac sedan. It was built like a tank and it felt like riding in a boat. I remember being in the back seat and my mom would press the gas and it was like riding a wave or something. But I think every car like back then was like a muscle car. But our family sedan was that way. So my dad pulls the car into the garage and I'm watching my mom gingerly get out of the passenger side. And soon they're both huddled around the back seat looking at like this pile of blankets. My dad carefully picks up the pile of blankets and he walks up the steps to the garage that leads to the door where I'm at. And he, he goes past me. They seem really excited as they gently place the blankets on the kitchen table. And my dad starts pulling the layers back. And so I stretch to look at what was inside the blankets. And a stunning realization hit me for the first time. I am a proud big brother to a little baby girl. As it turns out, being a big brother is harder than it looks. We did everything together, but we fought a lot. One year at Christmas, there was a big gift under the Christmas tree. I'm looking at the tag, and I realized that it's for both of us. It was like a shared gift. So on Christmas Day, we both opened it together. And just like a big brother, I'm helping my little sister with her part. And inside... There's this small gray box, and it just smells like new plastic. I don't know if you've ever smelled that. It's just like brand new plastic. And on the front of this gray box were these big letters. The words printed said, Nintendo. It was the popular gaming system of the 1980s. And it came with a game called Super Mario Brothers. And of course, we fought over who would get to be player one. Only one person could play at a time. It's not like games today where like multiple people play or you're playing somebody online. You have a controller and you play till you die. And it's not like those those new games today where you're playing the game and you hit save and you come back to where you're at. Oh no, when you died, you died. When you died, you went all the way back to the beginning of the game. So you had to wait. If you were player two, that means you had to wait on player one. And of course, we're like trying our hardest not to die. And, you know, we're sweating and you're using our thumbs and trying our best to survive this game. And, And if you were player two, you had to wait on player one to finish. So sometimes it would take a while. But I'm the big brother. So I let her be player one because that's what big brothers do. They let their little sisters go first. Then one day she meets this guy 
And I'm asking like lots of questions because that's what big brothers do. Like they protect their little sisters, right? Who is this guy? And then she starts spending time with him instead of me. But you know what? That's okay because she was happy. And that's what big brothers do. They let their little sister be happy. Before long, I'm 24 years old and I'm at our church and I'm looking out the door into our massive parking lot and I'm watching my little sister get into a car and she's in a wedding dress. She's leaving to live four hours away, but that's okay because that's what big brothers do. They let their little sisters go. As it turns out, being a big brother isn't about being a big brother at all. It's about having a little sister and what being together means to you. It's about the way you treat each other. Being a big brother is kind of like being a husband because marriage is really not about being a husband or a wife at all. It's how you treat each other inside your marriage. So to be a husband, you have to treat your wife like a wife and your wife has to treat you like a husband. Marriage is all about treating each other with respect. According to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, respect as a verb means to consider worthy of high regard, to esteem. In 1965, recording artist Otis Redding released a song entitled Respect. It was about a man pleading for respect when he gets home from work every day. The same song became a major part of pop culture when soul singer Aretha Franklin released a new version of it in 1967. It became a hit and her signature song, but she made it about a woman demanding respect. But in marriage, You shouldn't have to plead for respect or demand it. You shouldn't even have to earn it. It should be lovingly given by a couple in love. This is R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Seven ways to spell respect in your marriage. So here's the table of contents. All right, we're going to spell respect. The R, remember your spouse's desires. The E, Esteem your spouse better than yourself. The S, sense how you are making your spouse feel. P, practice believing in each other. E, expect your marriage to succeed. C, cherish your love relationship. And finally, T, talk about how you are treating each other. So here we go. Remember your spouse's desires. But respect is something you give. The way you treat each other determines a level of respect in your relationship. Respect in marriage is something you do. It's not something that just happens. By speaking to my wife in a certain tone or manner, I am respecting her as a person and as my wife. And the same goes for her towards me. Okay, so here are some practical ways to show respect. Choose your words carefully because like once you say it, you can't get it back. 
So think before you speak. If you want to respect your spouse before you say what you're going to say, think about it first. Okay, don't have this expectation that your spouse is going to do something that you wouldn't do yourself. I mean, if you wouldn't do it, why would you expect them to do it, right? So if you're going to have respect for your spouse, don't have an expectation for them that you don't have for yourself. Also, treat your spouse the way you would want to be treated. Ask yourself questions like this. For the wife, would I want my husband to talk to me like this? Would I want my husband to say that to me? Or would I want my wife to treat me that way? So you ask yourself these things before you do the things you're doing. Or think about the things you have been doing or the way you have been treating your spouse or how you have been talking to your spouse. Treat them the way that you would want to be treated. Listen to what your spouse has to say. By listening, you are showing the ultimate respect to them. It lets your spouse know that you care enough about what they think to listen to them. So there's some practical ways to show respect in your marriage. Notice the needs and wants of your spouse. It's easy to get caught up in all the things you need and want and forget that your spouse even has needs at all. But respecting your spouse means that you're willing to be there for them and to meet their needs and their desires. When you're saying your vows, you are giving yourselves to each other to meet each other's needs and to be there for one another. You have to respect your spouse's needs and their desires. Sometimes my wife, she needs a hug or a little attention. But for me personally, I don't just randomly walk around and just suddenly need a hug. But sometimes she does. So I respect that need for her emotional connection that she has. And guys have needs too. So by respecting those needs and wants, you are respecting your spouse. So take out a piece of paper and pen or just in your mind and imagine you're doing this. Write down a list of things that you know that your spouse needs. So you have one column. These are some things, or just one thing if you'd like. These are some things that I know my spouse needs. And then in the next column beside it, these are some things that I'm doing to meet those needs or wants. So here's a personal example. I know that my wife sometimes needs a good hug. So when I get home from work, I go straight in and I find her and I give her that hug. She's a stay-at-home mom, and after being home with her kids all day, more than likely she needs a good hug, right? So maybe start with one need that you know your spouse has and try showing respect to them by trying your best to meet it. And this is a Bible principle. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. This means that in love, you submit yourself to the needs and desires of your spouse. This is how you really respect your spouse, by submitting to them. Sometimes when I hear the word submit, it makes me think about wrestling. Like when one player gets the other player in a certain hold in a match, and finally the other player submits, right? This is not what the Bible means by this. It means that you yield yourself to another's control. So submit yourself to meeting the needs of your spouse. 
And then the Bible says one to another. In marriage, you are giving yourselves to one another. So you're giving yourself to your spouse to meet their needs and desires to the extent that it's possible. Before you're married, all your decisions were like pretty much with your best interest in mind. But now you have to make decisions with your spouse's best interest in mind. So your submission to one another is intimately tied to your faith. So if you are not submitted to God, you can't really submit in the right way to your spouse. But you always submit to God first because he is more important than anyone else in your life. So seven seven ways to spell respect in your marriage. Remember your spouse's desires. Now we go to the E. All right. Esteem your spouse better than yourself. Give yourself away. Marriage is the ultimate gift because you are giving yourself to the person that you love. You're saying, I love you so much that I'm giving me to you. At the end of the day, you are the most like valuable thing that you, that you have. So giving yourself away is the most important thing that you could ever give away. The following are some practical ways to give yourself away in marriage. Number one, give your heart to your spouse. By saying yes to loving Amber, I said no to everyone else in the world. And I think that no to everyone else is a hang-up for a lot of people concerning marriage. Because you are committing to not seek romantic love from anyone else in the world. Because when you get married, you don't have wondering eyes anymore. It's something my my mother used to say when she would see a couple together. She would say, well, he still has wondering eyes. So there's definitely something going on there. It was kind of like a sign to her that, hey, things aren't going to work out because he has wondering eyes or she has wondering eyes. But when you give your heart to your spouse, you don't have wondering eyes anymore. Two, give your plans to your spouse. You know what? I'm not going anywhere without my wife because I love her and she is now a part of any plans that I make. So I have to consider like any career or ministry choices are going to impact her as a person in my marriage. Even though, you know, you may want to do something, you have to have the support and the consideration of your spouse. And some people say, well, the husband is the head of the wife, so it really doesn't matter what she thinks or what she wants. But that's not the way, that's not biblical leadership. That's not the way God intended you to lead. Instead, the husband must prayerfully consider how his decisions are going to impact his wife instead of just himself. Your love for your spouse is more important than your ambitions. In fact, your first ambition should be to love your spouse. Okay, number three, you give your body to your spouse. The thing that most people love and pamper the most is their body. But that's the most one of the most important things that you can give away to your spouse, your body. That's actually what you're doing when you get married. You are giving away your body. When you get married, your body no longer belongs to you. It belongs to your spouse now. So I have no right to share my body with anybody else because it's not mine to share. My body belongs to my wife. I have no right to fill my eyes with pornographic images or to use my hands to touch someone else intimately. 
I have no right to develop a relationship with someone else or push the envelope with someone or something else. I don't have the right to have a private relationship with somebody. You know, here's a good rule of thumbs. You shouldn't have anything on your computer or your phone that you wouldn't want your spouse to see. And here's the Bible principle in 1 Corinthians seven fourteen: The wife has not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise, also the husband hath not power over his own body, but the wife. I think this is a Bible principle that too many people are missing today. Respecting your spouse means giving them your body. Showing respect to your spouse also means that you take care of your spouse like you would take care of yourself. This is the Bible principle that you love your spouse more than yourself. This is from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 28 and 29. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. And then Ephesians 5.33, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So consider participating in the following relationship challenge with me. So here's the challenge. Think about something that you really want for yourself. Then add up the monetary value of that thing. All right, now find something of similar value that has no benefit to you that you know your spouse would like. Now, save up that money and buy that for your spouse instead of getting the thing that you want. Here's here's an example. Let's suppose that I've become interested in fly fishing. I'm not. I have no idea how to do it. I would determine how much money I would need to get started, right? So I'd add up the cost of whatever equipment that I needed. But instead of buying that equipment, I would save up that amount of money and spend it on something for my wife instead. So this is the kind of love that God wants you to have in marriage. Esteem your spouse better than you. If you're going to be a Christian, you will have to be a Christian to your spouse first. So this is how the principle works. In your mind, you place the other person as more important than you. This doesn't mean that they are more important than you, but you're going to treat them that way because you are a Christian. This principle is described in the following Bible verse. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Philippians 2, 3. So when the husband, who is the biblical head of the wife, thinks about his wife, he considers her, in his mind, better than himself. And the wife considers her husband better than herself. The problem with this kind of thinking is it makes you really, really vulnerable to hurt. But that's what it means to really love your spouse. It means giving yourself away in that act of love. So what happens when the husband does esteem his wife better than himself? And The wife esteems her husband better than herself. You paint a beautiful picture of Christ and the church with your marriage. Jesus thought so much of you that he literally gave his life and his body for you. And the kind of faith that you should have in him causes you to give your life and your body away to him. A good Christian marriage will cause a husband and a wife in love to make more disciples for Christ. So once you give yourself away, You can now give the gospel away to people within your influence. 
So without first giving yourself away to Jesus, you can't really relate to the gospel that you're going to be giving away. So you can't really understand what Jesus did for you until you give yourself away to him. Okay, so I'd like to take a break for just a minute and ask a favor from you. If you have been listening to the podcast or just this episode and you found it to be helpful or encouraging to you in any way, if you could tell someone else about the podcast, maybe someone who's never listened to a podcast, you could take their phone and show them how to listen. Then I'm sure if it's a help, encouragement, or a blessing to you, it would be a help, encouragement, and blessing to them if they just knew about it. So if you could do this for me, I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay, so here we go. We're going to get right back into the episode. So the R was remember your spouse's desires. The E, esteem your spouse better than yourself. And now we're moving on to the S, sense how you are making your spouse feel. So compare your marriage to the Bible. I mean, there are a lot of people who are trying to have like the best marriage. I mean, they want to have a better marriage than anyone they know. Maybe that's an honorable thing to do, but I don't think it's necessarily a biblical thing to do because you should compare your marriage to the standards of God's description of marriage in Ephesians 5, 21 through 33. I mean, to be completely honest with you right now, there are times when I feel like my marriage is like so dysfunctional when I look at other people and I make that comparison, it seems like we have things we're always working on. And just when we think it seems like we have something really down, we find out there's something else in our marriage we need to work on. And I'm just going to make myself completely vulnerable to you right now and tell you that sometimes we feel like complete failures compared to other people. But when I look at the Bible standards, Even though it may seem hard at first, I see something that I can attain to. So here we go. Can I be a leader to my wife? Yes, I believe I can do that. With God's help, I believe I can. Can I give my life to my wife? I believe I can do that. If God were to help me, I believe I could give my life to my wife. Can I love my wife more than myself? Yes, with God's help, I believe I can do that. So maybe having the perfect marriage is not as important as loving each other and following the Bible model. I'm just saying that maybe we're aiming for something that God really doesn't want us to aim for. And maybe comparing your marriage to someone else's is not the best way to do things. Instead of trying to be perfect, how about just loving each other unreservedly? How about just love each other unreservedly, and just serve God together. It seems like doing that might free you up to do things like, as a Christian, to advance the gospel more, which is really what's going to matter in eternity. Now, I don't think at the Bema seat, it's a place where all Christians will go and face Jesus and give an account of how you lived your life, whether it was good or bad, or whether you did things the way that God wanted you to do. I don't think there's going to be like, the perfect marriage crown. I don't think we'll stand before Jesus and Jesus hand out crowns for people who had like the perfect marriage. No, but you know what? There may be a crown for treating your spouse like a Christian would. 
and doing your best to do your part in his church. But the Bible model for marriage is focused on how you make your spouse feel. Okay, let me just try to illustrate this to you. Submitting to one another, all right? That's the Bible model. That's from verse 21 of Ephesians 5, okay? The focus is on submitting to the other. Is the way you make your spouse feel. The wife submitting to her husband in verses 22 and 24, the focus of submitting is to the husband. So how you make your husband feel. The husband is the head of the wife, verses 23 through 24. The focus is the wife as an object of that, how you make your wife feel. The husband is to love his wife, as in verses 25 and 33. The focus is on the wife being loved, how you make her feel. And then the wife showing reverence to her husband. You can find that in verse 33 of Ephesians 5. How she makes her husband feel. She shows him reverence and respect. Treating your spouse with respect is sensing how you're making them feel. So respect is something you give. So respect is something you give, yes. But it's also something that's experienced by the recipient of that. So respect in marriage is tied to how you're making your spouse feel. All right, so we're spelling respect. We're moving right along. Remember your spouse's desires. Esteem your spouse better than yourself. Sense how you're making your spouse feel. And now we're all the way to the P. Practice believing in each other. Have confidence in one another. In the arms of your lover, your world shrinks to just two. Love is this amazing experience that isolates two people from a crowded world. My wife is my whole world. If my wife can believe in me, that's all that really matters. And marriage is about believing in each other. That's why you fell in love, got engaged, and finally tied the knot. Listen, I want to read it in Ephesians 5, 23 through 25. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. The Bible paints this picture of marriage that at first glance just seems impossible. The formula is for the wife to respect her husband like the church respects Jesus. And for the husband to treat his wife the way that Jesus treats the church. But love makes it possible to treat your spouse this way. Love is the mechanism that God created to allow you to respect each other in like unimaginable ways. For the wife to reverence her husband in this way, it requires her to have love and understanding that cannot be found like anywhere else in the world. And for a husband to treat his wife with this kind of love is like unprecedented in this world. That a man would give his entire life for a woman But this is a love that Christian marriage demands. Don't give up on your love. Respect is you giving your spouse a chance even when it seems they're undeserving. It makes me think about how the Lord gives me chance after chance after chance in my relationship with him. And really, to be completely honest, there are times when I don't understand what he is doing. So it's like I have to give him a chance. 
when I don't understand what's going on in my life. Marriage is the one relationship in this world that is worth risking everything to keep and restore. When your spouse is struggling, it gives you a chance. It gives you an opportunity to show them love and respect. I think it's one of the greatest things about love and marriage. When one of you falls, the other is there to pick you up. And the Bible has a principle for this. In Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. But if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. When your spouse makes a mistake, you have the opportunity to show your spouse what it means to be loved by a Christian because Christians in love believe in each other. This is the kind of respect that can change your life and cause your marriage to thrive. I think there are times when you have to have like a firm hand in your relationship. Here's an example. Like if your spouse is physically abusing you, you need to demand that they get help for their temper. Or if your spouse is unfaithful, demand that they stop. So you don't tolerate sin and failure, but you believe in your spouse when they make the effort to change. And sometimes it takes that kind of firm love to push people to change. If you're going to do this, you're going to risk losing me. So you give them that firm love and sometimes that pushes them to make a change. And it may help them to know that when they do make that change, you're the Christian that's going to be there for them. Respect each other after failures. Give respect to your spouse even when they have violated that respect. Just like God restores you after you make mistakes. You know, after all, you never know when you're going to make a mistake. And the shoe's going to be on the other foot. And you never know when you'll need that grace of your spouse giving you respect when you don't deserve it. So remember your spouse's desires. Esteem your spouse better than yourself. Sense how you're making your spouse feel. Practice believing in each other. And here we go. Here's the next E. Expect your marriage to succeed. Take ownership of your relationship. I love being in love. It's like this feeling of losing yourself and just being madly in love with someone else. It's a friendship, but it's like way more than that. It's like family but it's way more than that. When you fall in love, you lose yourself in the life of the person you love. But if you want to keep that love going, if you want to cultivate that love, it's up to you. So you have to own your relationship and do your part in making it strong. Love is like a houseplant. My wife has a green thumb, so to speak. She loves houseplants. And she treats those houseplants like they're pets or something. I mean, she really takes care of them. She makes sure they're watered. They have good drainage. They have plenty of sunlight. And when she has one, which she usually does have one, she takes really good care of it. But for that plant to look nice and to grow, she has to put forth that effort to help it. Love is the same way. You have to keep it up if it's going to thrive. You can't just neglect it and expect it to magically be what you want it to be. No, you have to take care of your love. You have to work 
You have to work to cultivate the love relationship that you have with your spouse. Falling in love is the easy part, but it takes work to stay in love. Respect means that you have a certain expectation that your love is going to succeed. Remember your spouse's desires. Esteem your spouse better than yourself. Sense how you're making your spouse feel. Practice believing in each other. Expect your marriage to succeed. Now we're to the sea. We're almost done. Cherish your love relationship. According to the Oxford Dictionary, cherish means to protect and care for someone lovingly. So here we go. Adore your lover. Treat your spouse like a treasure. You are mine and I will love and respect you. I mean, the language in Ephesians chapter 5 just makes it so clear to me. Listen. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. Your spouse is the most valuable thing in this world that you will ever have. So treat them that way. Love is like the most intense emotion in the world. And sometimes it's so intense that it causes you to fight. You're so emotionally invested in someone else. Sometimes that heightened emotional investment causes you to fight. It doesn't necessarily mean that something's wrong in your relationship. So just try to recover quickly and make up. And I'm going to be honest with you, like making up with your lover is really fun to do. Just saying. So protect your love. You know, when I'm tempted to break my marriage vows, I don't because I love my wife so much. I have a love that is worth protecting. When I think about all the traps in this world that are designed to destroy the love that I have for my wife, it makes me angry because I want to protect that love that I have. It's like easier today than it's ever been in the history of mankind to keep secrets from your spouse. So you have to be more diligent than ever to protect the love that you have. It's like, for instance, when you're dealing with the opposite sex, for whatever reason, be aware in your mind, be aware that you have a love to protect with your spouse first and foremost. So I'm not going to say or do anything that could harm the love that I have for my spouse. So have that in your mind when you're dealing with someone else. I'm not going to ever let this lead to something that it shouldn't. When you're on the computer or on your phone, be aware that the internet and social media are wrought with traps that can damage your marriage. So I'm going to make this commitment that I'm not going to do or say anything online that I wouldn't want my spouse to see. You have to cherish and protect your love. This is a way you can respect your spouse. All right, so we've been spelling respect. Remember your spouse's desires. Esteem your spouse better than yourself. Sense how you're making your spouse feel. Practice believing in each other. Expect your marriage to succeed. Cherish your love relationship. And here we go. We finally made it to the T. Talk about how you are treating each other. This is like one of the hardest things to do in marriage for me anyway. But it's like one of the most important things you can do is to talk about your relationship. The way you learn how to respect each other is to talk and listen to each other. Confrontation is like the spark of love. 
when you first meet, it's like a confrontation. But that confrontation eventually leads to falling in love. You know, I remember the first time I met my wife, Amber, it was truly a confrontation for me. I had to confront my fears, my doubts, my insecurities. I mean, what would she think about me? How would she respond to me? Would she even like me at all? But I somehow overcame all that and I talked to her for the first time. I didn't know how things would go. But after a while, thankfully, we fell like hopelessly in love. But without that initial like confrontation, that love would have never happened. Sometimes or like most of the time, the best thing you can do for your love is to have a confrontation with your spouse about how you feel and find out how they feel. You may discover some things about your relationship that you didn't even realize. It's like this. Have you ever said anything to your spouse and they took it away that you did not mean it at all? For some reason, this happens to me in life in general and with my spouse. No, I didn't mean it that way at all. It wasn't what I was saying. Sometimes when you sit down and talk, you discover, hey, my spouse didn't mean it that way. But sometimes if you sit down and talk about things, you find out, hey, maybe your spouse didn't mean it that way at all. And you've taken it this way for all that time. But you can only find those things out by talking through things, by talking about how you feel and how your spouse feels. The truth is your spouse doesn't know how to respect you if you don't communicate that with them. They can't read your mind. You know, it may be hard. This may be hard to do, but it's worth it. If your spouse is doing something you don't like, here's a novel idea. Tell them. I mean, how else are they supposed to know? Sometimes men are just seem oblivious because you know, we just see the world in black and white. We don't always see things in color. We like to keep things simple, and I'm generally speaking. But women, on the other hand, can have like much more complicated emotions and feelings. So sometimes there can be like a disconnect that can only be fixed by talking about it. And a confrontation, a civil confrontation, could be the very thing that turns your love and your marriage around. Communication is the fuel of love. Love without communication is like, a car without an engine. It's just not going anywhere. So find a way to talk about the things you are unhappy about in your marriage. You know, I've read about couples who like schedule a time, maybe like once a week to critique each other in marriage. Maybe that would work for you. Maybe not. I mean, but regardless, find a time that works for both of you and be deliberate about talking and communicating with each other. Here's an example. I am one of those people, I don't just get hungry. I get what they call hangry. And that means when I'm hungry, I'm also like really grumpy. So talking to me about something that I could get defensive about when I'm hangry may not be the best time to do it. Let me get over this hangry feeling, right? Now let me relax for a second. Let me eat something and then let's talk. Let's talk about how we feel. Let's talk about what's going on in our relationship. So every everyone is different and every situation is different. But be deliberate in whatever you do to talk about your relationship with one another, how you feel about the direction your relationship is going, the things you may need in your relationship. Here's like a really good tip. It's like a pet peeve of mine. Don't do it over text message. 
Do not do it over electronic means. Don't talk about how you feel in a text message. If you're upset with me and you want to talk about how you feel, do not send me a text message because I'm not going to respond. It's just impossible to relay your feelings through a text message. Talk in person. But it's better to talk about how you feel than to be like unhappy for years and then finally get separated or divorced. It's like, what a shame it is when you could have just talked about how you felt. You could have just like nipped it in the bud and discussed when you were upset about things in your marriage, then letting it fester for years. And now you're angry and upset with each other and bitter about things when you could have just talked about those things and sorted those things out from the beginning. You know, I think that sometimes women, and again, I'm speaking generally, make this mistake of expecting their man to like read their mind. Men don't just intuitively know what you want or how you feel. You have to talk about it. And there are also a lot of men, they just put up with not getting what they want until finally they're so just completely frustrated that they look somewhere else. It would be a lot easier to just go ahead and talk about it. Respect is about knowing how to respect each other as the individual people that you are. You know what? Respect doesn't have to be earned. It's something that you give and it's something that is felt by the other person. Respect is the process of learning how to love each other over the course of your lifetime together. So it looks like we've done it. We have spelled the word respect. So here's the summary. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. I'm trying not to sing it. Remember your spouse's desires. Esteem your spouse better than yourself. Sense how you are making your spouse feel. Practice believing in each other. Expect your marriage to succeed. Cherish your love relationship. And talk about how you're treating each other. Thank you for listening to the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast. If you have found this episode helpful to you, Consider sharing it with a friend. Remember that God has great things planned for your marriage. So don't miss it.